Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. The guides we hire, uh, they are also mostly hiking and wine and gastronomy guides. Uh, so uh, we want to concentrate on those two main things and not be everything for everybody. So even in 2019, we even got the national award, like best niche product, because uh, mostly a lot of Georgian tour companies, they offer like everything. Uh, and we didn't want that. We wanted to do what we love and do it really well. Okay, Tourpreneurs, welcome to another episode of Tourpreneur Podcast, and I'm very welcome today to invite Daria, this is going to be challenging, Koldo <laughs> Lina. Is that correct, or is that near Daria? Uh, very, yeah, very close. <laughs> Hi. You your name Good first. to be here. Koldo yeah. Lina, I am. Koldo Lina. Yeah. So, Daria is a Georgian by birth and a Georgian by heart. Georgia is a stunning country, by the way. I was there a few years ago. Uh, she's an expert in wine and gastronomy, and she's an inbound tour operator in Georgia. She's been going since 2018 under the brand trailsandwines.com. However, prior to that, Daria has been writing blogs about wine, about food, and about travel since about 2010. So she's, an, she's a content creator as well as a tour operator. She's also worked for the Georgian National Tourism Authority in marketing roles, and she's recently been working on some projects for a Berlin economic uh, situation, again, all about uh, gastronomy and, and wines. So that's a varied background, George, uh, Daria, but it's all about wine and it's all about food. And it's mostly yeah, that's the best topic. Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners, and a lot of our listeners are in America, and they'll think Georgia, America, whereas this is Georgia, Coscasus. So just give us a little bit background of where Georgia is in the world, sort of country is, sort of people, who its neighbors are. Right. So Georgia is located on the edge of uh, Europe and Asia at the Black Sea coast, and our northern border uh, is... Um, the Caucasus Mountains, uh, really impressive mountains, like 3,000, 5,000 meters high. So like a great place to hike and explore some trails, obviously. And uh, the rest is lowlands that are uh, good for wines. That's uh, basically <laughs> that's basically the, the background of the uh, name I chose for my activity. And uh, Georgia, Georgia's neighbors are, um, except of the Black Sea, of course, uh, Turkey, Armenia, Azerbaijan and Russia. So that's uh, kind of neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I would say that it's a very uh, interesting country because it, uh, it has its own 
culture and it's also influenced in a way by all the neighbors and all the empires that were uh, wanting to have it as a part of it but it's an independent country at the moment and uh, we are doing quite well <laughs> and what's the how many people live in georgia oh people are very hospitable actually there was only one mistake in the introduction i'm a ukrainian by birth but uh, I live in Georgia for nine years and I'm already a Georgian honorary citizen uh, and um, yeah, I'm basically uh, do everything to promote uh, my country, my uh, new homeland, so say second homeland. Um, and uh, when I came to Georgia for the first time, I was just smashed by the fact how kind and hospitable people live here and uh, then when I already like came more and more time as a tourist and I decided that uh, I want to live here and I was figuring out what to do uh, I ended up being in tourism and then once I switched from government job to the real kind of field work um, I kind of I, I thought and I think I still think that I made the right choice because it's exactly it's working with those hospitable and nice people uh, we, they like to eat, they like to drink, they like to have fun, so it's We are another page because as we speak, I have a Ukrainian mother and child in my house as we speak. Uh, refugees oh, really? Yes, been here since... Thank you. So, now I've been to Georgia now, and I've been to Italy oh. and France and other main wine-growing regions, and when you're in France, everybody says like, it's all about the wine, and in Italy, it's all about the wine. In Spain, it's all about the wine. I've never been to a country so obsessed with wine as Georgia. <laughs> they say it's all about the wine in Georgia. It really is all about the wine. Every third shop is selling wine. It is just obsessed with wine. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, how to say, like, it's uh, not the wine culture you expect from a wine country sometimes. So in uh, Spain and Italy and France, it's all about like this fine tastings. I mean, Georgia, it goes like from very grassroots level when you uh, come to a family and you're offered the homemade wine to like the small wineries. The amount of small wineries is just overwhelming. It's growing year by year. And uh, of course, there are some big kind of flagship wineries that are uh, having like big exports, so, like selling a lot of wine abroad. Uh, there are all possible things wine related, but I should also say that uh, wine is a part of uh, Georgian, Georgian cultural code uh, because, as I mentioned, like it was on the edge of different empires uh, for centuries, and some empires were not very wine friendly uh, due to mostly religious uh, uh, reasons. And Georgians had to replant their vines to the forests or like make wine secretly in the cellars or when there were also religious repressions, they were baptizing children in the wine cellar. So wine cellar was a holy place. Uh, and that's why it's also like very special for Georgians. It's, it's more than a drink. It's more than a kind of gastronomic aspect. to it. It's also kind of sacred role. Uh, and that's what makes it very special. They do seem to drink a lot of it. That was my experience yeah. of being in Georgia. The volume of consumption is quite high. <laughs> that, that's true. So why did yeah. you start... Also, well, uh, volume-wise, yeah. That... Why did you start... Ah, well, I wanted to communicate this culture. 
go on. Yeah, I, I wanted to communicate this whole story to real people because, you know, like uh, working for the government institution that promotes tourism is great. It's a very important and responsible job. Um, but uh, when, for example, we were traveling to uh, various travel shows uh, globally, I had to explain a lot of these little things to tour operators, to journalists, to if it was a B2C exhibition, yet also to regular people who were passing by. Uh, and then I thought that, uh, yeah, to those people who dare to come to Georgia, I would love to serve them the best experiences because also there were some things when they were saying like um, something they, they didn't like, something they found too touristic. And I wanted to show kind of not very like this, um, not a Disneyland part of uh, tourism, but uh, like to connect travelers to real people to those people who made me fall in love with Georgia. And uh, so far, it's kind of it's the best part of what we are doing. Uh, it's uh, I say we because it's me and, uh, and my husband, who is uh, Georgian by birth, <laughs> and who was also working for the National uh, Tourist Board, but in the in product development. So he was creating products and I was marketing them. And now we do the same for, mostly the same for our company. So tell us a bit about your customer. Who is your customer? Where do they come from? Why are they coming to Georgia? Is it just for wine or is it a, wine is just a little bit of the, the trip? Uh, right. So our customers are mostly from Europe, but we also have uh, guests from the United States and even from New Zealand. Uh, so it's less... Uh, less of Eastern Europe. Many people might think like I'm Ukrainian, so I must uh, have been working with Ukrainians all the time, but no, we kind of targeted Central and Western Europe. Uh, people who traveled well before and who are curious enough to come to Georgia and uh, kind of go on this exploration trip. Uh, so people who would uh, like to spend money on tasting new things and travel into less uh, popular parts of the world and even of Georgia. Uh, and yeah, basically uh, it worked well till this year because even the global pandemic couldn't stop our guests uh, from coming. So when Georgia opened, we still had our lovely Germans, Belgians and Americans. Uh, but this year the war was more serious disaster, so they don't feel too safe in the region. So this year we had real surge in the uh like uh, amount of guests we had and uh yeah that, that that's probably the most difficult year in our operation time uh, but we are yeah. looking forward uh yeah for it for things to get better so even even though georgia's not well geography wise it's, yeah, fairly it, close to, it's fairly close to ukraine but the impact of ukraine on the georgian tourism has been dramatic then Yes, of course, of course, because, uh, well, first of all, yeah, the, it's such a big thing that, you know, like, I mean, it, import, it, it influences the, yeah, the rain export and so on. So, like, uh, uh, food-wise, like, the products also got more expensive here and, like, it influences the prices of our gastronomy tourists in a way. But, yeah, this is the minor thing. So, yeah, safety thing. Um, for the Europeans and especially also for the guests from uh, far away, so from uh, America, from Canada, from New Zealand, uh, Georgia is still close to Russia. And if yeah. Russia dared to do such a huge thing in the middle of Europe, they can potentially, probably, uh, however it's not likely at the moment, uh, to do something here. That's what they think. 
uh, I think it's not, um, yeah, it's not what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, that's what many people thought and that's why they postponed their tours for the next year. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. It's difficult, but yeah. it does make sense. You mentioned you've had quite a dramatic price increases. So I think I was in Georgia in 2019, just before, the, in fact, it was just before the pandemic, a couple of months before yeah. the pandemic started. I think I was in Georgia November, December 2019, and then the pandemic started oh. February 2020. Good times. Uh, high, great value destination. When you looked at the quality of the wine and the food and the accommodation that was an offer for the price that was being paid, as a as a European, I thought it was an incredible value destination. Mm. Well, uh, it's getting uh, yeah. As we well, we grow a lot of things, but uh, we also, for example, uh, we import the food for animals, and yeah. that's why our like meat is quite expensive and so on. So like now the yeah the prices are growing, and uh, Georgia is not as like bargain as it was like say five seven years ago anymore yeah in 2019 it was also much cheaper yeah but uh, i mean it's still worth it i suppose it's like it's not as extreme and the hotels we have here they are quite affordable still so i would say that airbnbs are overloaded because um, there is also a lot of uh, refugees and a lot of um, people who are escaping the neighboring countries because they don't want to go to army uh, so, uh, yeah, because of that, the prices for Airbnbs grew really like, dramatically, but the hotels are still quite affordable and uh, there are a lot of nice small and big hotels as well. So, from this so side, it's like nothing changes. Yeah, so you're in a reasonably, not unique, because there is other countries suffering the same, but you are in a, yeah. a minority situation. Closer to the epicenter. Yeah, your, your business coming out, all businesses had a difficult time for two years with the pandemic, but then you've come out of pandemic and then gone into a situation not of your own making, and it's happening because of global politics in another country. It's not even in the country you're in, but it's yeah. having a dramatic effect on your business, the, the country yeah. you're in. Uh, and I think that's worth highlighting to all our listeners who are maybe focusing on just recovery from the pandemic whereas there's certain destinations in the world who have got more than just recovery from the pandemic to focus on. Yeah, well, also we used to work with several wine uh, clubs, kind of wine tasting groups from Ukraine. Uh, that was our kind of the best clients from Ukraine that would come uh, here, especially for wine tours. And they, uh, yeah, of course, they couldn't come this year. So I suppose all those uh, lovely people are now in London or in yeah some other places in, uh, uh, like say, in Europe. Uh, but uh, yeah, also the like our Belgians and Germans and Czech people, they are also waiting a bit. Um, yeah, what what can we do? <laughs> but tomorrow, tomorrow we have a tour, for example. Like uh, so, we we still have some things to do but it's not just as good as it went before yeah. so i'm going, still positive going forward because we're at the end of the season or the end of the 2022 season although it's not been great for what we've discussed yeah. what's your plans what are you looking at for 2023 what's your challenges for 2023 what do you think could go well what do you think could go bad for 2023 
So at the moment, we already have bookings, uh, mostly from the United States. Thank you guys for supporting us. Um, um, mostly, like, my challenge is to predict how prices will change again, because, for example, again, uh, yeah, sorry, because of the war, uh, like, even the tours we sold for one price last year, uh, then the prices changed, changed dramatically, and, uh, yeah, we almost lost some money on some tours, but so I now I'm very cautious about uh, price planning for next year. So what if we say like this tour would cost like say hundred dollars and then something would change and for for us it will get more expensive. So I'm uh, really thinking a lot about it. But um, also I need to change the kind of marketing narrative to make it kind of to convince the guests that it's actually safe. So I'm thinking what to add to our regular stuff about like great uh, trekking routes and uh, so such cool wineries that they're about to visit, like how to show them, how to convince them that it's actually safe and it's kind of far away from war. Uh, I think those are the main challenges. Uh, but those people who are booking with us already, they're uh, kind of uh, hopeless foodies <laughs> and they love Georgian food so much they're curious and they really want to come and spend uh, several weeks here and taste everything they can in many many regions uh, also yeah basically th those all are foodies and we also have several bookings for hiking tours already and um, yeah so you asked before like uh, what people are interested in and uh, we try to concentrate on these two main things so it's basically nature-based uh, experiences and wine-based experience so if uh, of course there are people who do not drink alcohol and it's like it's not a problem for us so we can offer them uh, some good hikes uh, some cultural insights and also great gastronomy. Uh, so they, they will just embark on some other adventure, not wine adventure. Uh, but for example, also Georgia is very famous for uh, religious sites. So there are like pilgrimage tours here, uh, also like uh, different, uh, related to different religions. Also there are like uh, Christian and Muslim and Jewish tours. And uh, we are not experts in this field, neither my partner nor I. Uh, and the guides we hire, uh, they are also mostly hiking and wine and gastronomy guides. Uh, so uh, we want to concentrate on those two main things and not be everything for everybody. So even in 2019, we even got the national award, like best niche product, because uh, mostly a lot of Georgian tour companies, they offer like everything. Uh, and we didn't want that. We wanted to do what we love and do it really well. So this sounds like a big challenge for next year is around content creation to actually get the message. Because the people who are coming are going to come anyway. Like the people who are not yeah. concerned about war zones and understand geography and understand that Georgia is not in Ukraine, etc. They're coming anyway. But there's another market that, if they understood a bit more, could be influenced to come, but they're probably not as confident travellers. They're they're certainly looking at areas of the world, and because of the war, they're going to be like, oh, should we really go there? So that sounds like quite a big content job, an education job. Again, it's not, yeah, as, simple that's... As, not as simple as writing a, a blog and saying it's safe here, please come. That's not going to cut it. So exactly, quite a big task. Is there, is there anything that's going to help with that? Is Georgia, from the National Tourism Board, from a collection of all the other operators? Is Because that's a big marketing message that needs to go out collectively 
not just from uh, one operator. Mines. One operator doing that. Every single operator needs to be doing that. And then a collective needs to be doing that as well. Uh, yeah, the National Tourist Board is actually doing a really good job marketing-wise. Uh, but, I mean, they are not, they're trying not to be, like, too openly political, but they uh, keep repeating this message about being a safe destination, not only from war perspective, you know, also people ask about the crime rate and how safe it's to travel here, like, for women, and, like, can you go to mountains, hike to the mountains, how safe is that? And basically, it is safe. So even before I uh, got a family and uh, like became a kind of a serious woman and a wife of a Georgian, as a single Ukrainian, I was walking like at night from a bar home safely. And like I would say that in general, crime rate is really low, and it's basically like mostly like uh, some petty crimes r rather than something like really big. So I, it's it's a really safe country i safe here i feel here more safe than in many even some like european cities for example yeah uh, and I'm that's right, what yeah. we are trying to talk about yeah yeah well, i was in georgia maybe two and a bit weeks and it, i mean mm -hmm. i can pick up an unsafe destination very quickly because i travel a lot and georgia didn't send off any of the signals as an unsafe destination it was a very safe destination for travel uh, from, from my perspective, uh, it, it was a safe destination. So I, I think it's not so much the safety of the country itself. I think it's the regional difficulties that the marketing is yeah. got to get out for to overcome the regional difficulties to try and get some volume coming back in. Let's let's the actual incoming flights into Georgia at the moment has. Has there been any drop-off in the number of flights coming in? Has the airlines pulled out any, or are they still flying as many no. flights in? As, so. Yeah, the, the, like, uh, they are almost back to the pre-pandemic level. So okay. we have several international airports. So the main hub is Tbilisi, uh, the biggest one. Yeah. Then it's Kutaisi. It's the hub for low-cost flights. It's in the central part of the country. And there is also Batumi, which is on the seaside. And uh, all of them are catering quite a lot of countries. They're, like the main problem that people can encounter is their very early flights. Uh, so many flights are landing in Tbilisi at uh, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. And uh, if, how to say, like if it's a picky traveler, maybe they think they kind of uh, think about different destinations, but it doesn't happen too often. So we don't get these people usually. So people who end up booking with us, they are curious enough and they are motivated by uh, exploration so much that they actually don't care about these early flights. They would just come, have a proper rest, and then in the afternoon be ready to rock and go to on the city tour or some cooking class or whatever we can offer for them. Again, from oh, again, my own experience there, because of the geography, it's it, for travels, particularly if you're going long haul, if you're flying all the way from the US, Georgia, because it's geography, really central to add another couple of countries on in the one trip. It's very easy to travel into Armenia from Georgia, very easy to travel into Azerbaijan yeah. from Georgia. And they're three very unique, different countries. They're not like moving yeah. from one country similar to the, the country, although they're very close to each other and it's very easy to move between them. They're uniquely yeah. different. And I think that makes that region, when people understand the geography of it, it's a, it's a 
big attraction to me anyway to travel in a long distance have access to three uniquely different small destinations that are all connected by yeah. train, by private taxi, by buses, by all the, the infrastructure that is there. Yeah, by airlines too, but we try to promote land travel more because it's, you know, it's like more eco-friendly and we are a member of the Ecotourism Association of Georgia and we, you know, like uh, we prefer to avoid these flights between the countries that are nearby because of course, like out of US, you, there is no other way to reach us. But if, uh, for example, at least if, uh, if it's a combo tour, uh, we would advise our guests yeah, to take uh, the car or a train and then go to Armenia or Azerbaijan. Unfortunately, now Azerbaijan has its land border closed for everybody for incoming. You can fly in, uh, but at least also the connection of Georgia and Armenia is uh, easy and it's nice. And the countries are similar and also very, like at the same time, very different from each other. Uh, we have great partners in Armenia and we uh, offer some like transboundary tours. Uh, also, that's uh, a lot of fun to, yeah, kind of to visit both countries. I would recommend that if uh, people have time. Yeah, I, I use land transport cars to go to Armenia, but I use an overnight train, if I remember correctly, to go to. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I sleep. I can sleep anywhere. It's right. uh, but obviously, if that border's closed now, then it forces people back into there. So going back to before your challenges at the moment, what was going well in the business since you've started it? What, what's the things that have like pleased you with the business? What what has been going well? Obviously, you've got some challenges at the moment. But what's the good to be honest, it's it started so well that uh, the whole pandemic and war situation just got us uh, smashed more even morally than financially to be really honest because uh, so i started the business in 2018 and before i got already so like like to be like brutally honest so i had this office job in the national tourist board but i had my blog as well about uh, yeah things happening in georgia uh, how is life here and so on and also, there, is, there are a couple of uh, websites that are now like they that grew to bigger aggregators later. I will not mention them uh, because we are like concentrated entrepreneur thing here. Uh, but mm. I was writing, contributing there as well, and people were book booking tours with me uh, on weekends. So I liked to share my knowledge about Belize, about uh, city history, about food and wine, or eventually go to a couple of wineries. So it was kind of my something between side hustle and love project and the word of mouth worked so well that people kept uh, writing to me and asking if I can guide them next year and then next year and then maybe some friends of them so I kind of I saw I looked at my 2018 calendar and I saw that there were so many people willing to travel with me and to be honest I was also quite bored with the kind of office routine so I took this leap of faith and uh, decided just to quit and to start something new and to work in the field only and yeah get to like help the travelers uh, see Georgia with my eyes. And then uh, my future husband jumped on board and uh, took over the trails direction because he knows it's so much better than I. He like he's the author of the national uh, like way like route marking standard, and he's like uh, he's a mountain person. Uh, and I'm mostly concentrated on food, wine, and kind of historical background of that. Uh, so I thought it was a good combo, and uh, 
we got a lot of bookings our geography was like going really well so one even like um uh, we we had the cooking class experience and uh, in the end of the cooking class we were given like the small cookbook uh, with the recipes that we cooked and uh, one of these booked books uh, traveled to the uh, research station in Earth, in uh, Antarctic. So one guy there from, uh, I think he was English, uh, he wanted to cook a Georgian meal for their fellow researchers. And he got a cookbook and some dishes he made from there. So even like things like this happened. Uh, also, we hosted several uh, TV crews from different countries that were uh, shooting the shows about Georgia that was also like a different experience so it was kind of commercial tour but also on that tour people were shooting things so we participated in all kinds of reality shows uh, as like in the background so that like that, that was a really fun ride uh, till the pandemic came and then basically on the third day of lockdown in Georgia I already started doing online tastings because I felt like right we cannot do anything so let's at least have fun and keep educating people about Georgia so then, of course, in the end of 2020, everybody was so tired with this online tours and online tastings that we just stopped and uh, switched to, uh, like, also we got some consulting offers, how to, kind of, there were still, like, people, small businesses who wanted to, for example, farms, uh, who wanted to start hosting tourists uh, or start a guest house in the mountains, but they didn't know uh, what to expect. So they have a house, but they don't know uh, what to offer to the guests, what they are expecting. And we were hired by different organizations to help them, to give them our insights, to guide them through the process. So, like, right, so you have a guest house. So the guests from here, like from like Europe would expect this. The guests from, like say, Ukraine would expect that. Uh, if you want to add food and wine, like be sure that you need to charge for that because some people were ashamed. Like it's like a guest is coming to your house. Like how dare you ask for money? Like it's not uh, like it's not Georgian, but we were saying that, you know, if you start a business, of course you have to uh, be kind and hospitable to the guests, but you cannot give everything for free because otherwise it's not a business. So like things like this, you know, like really on this grassroots level. Uh, and that was also fun. And that uh, helped us floating kind of be be still there uh and then it helped like we felt like we are contributing uh, and we are growing the next service providers for us which was also fun um and uh yeah basically then in 2021 already tourism picked up and we also had some uh, great groups uh yeah and then 22 came and uh yeah we are still there <laughs> just with less guests the situation, although we can't ignore it, there's a war and we don't know, none of us know how that's going to play out. But if we got some stability in the region, what do you want for your business? What do you want? What's your vision going forward for for the business? Is you keeping this a small local business focused on what you're doing now, or do you want to make it a much bigger business? You want to go into different regions? What's what's the, the vision for where you're trying to take this? Uh, so basically, even uh, in 2020, we wanted to hire another person uh, to help us with the, um, like, yeah, with just regular routines with operating stuff because we felt like, so we were organizing everything ourselves and we were 
guiding sometimes if, if there were some like special groups like really like some sommeliers would come and just not regular people who want to taste wine but like really nerdy people then i would buy them uh, or like some uh, really experienced hikers then uh, Zviad, my husband would go but also like uh, we were already to like we were ready to hire more people to start working uh, with more guides and drivers to uh, also to have like social media like team or say like person one or two people and then of course we couldn't afford it because we didn't know how things would develop and uh, my aim is actually to outsource more things more operational stuff uh, then of course outsource more of the social media uh, and uh, give more fun tours to more guides that's yeah so definitely growing but i'm not sure if we will be able to grow to like a corporation because it's also like it doesn't fit to the philosophy of uh, a kind of a small company that works with small wineries and farms and everything uh, so yeah i would like to grow to medium size maximum and uh, yeah kind of keep offering the authentic experiences uh, not to just yeah again like offer the disneyland of a huge winer where there is only a guide being there for you without any personal stories so saying yeah like this is the wine this is very old this is very new have your drink thank you goodbye the shop is there so this is not for me not for us and uh, i want to keep it uh, personal till yeah uh, till the maximum so i now have a contact in georgia but ah, talking about you to send <laughs> but talking in about UK, regions yeah in the uk oh. it's quite difficult to get georgian wine it's quite difficult well there are some uh, there are some nice shops there but yeah there are not much and georgian wine is not represented in uh, in the gastronomy really well unfortunately yet uh but yeah it's it's also it's the task that uh, national wine agency should work on uh, because we have also the governmental body that is promoting Georgian wine separately, not only in tourism context, but mostly it kind of yeah educates the sommeliers and buyers uh, and retailers about what Georgian wine is and how to export. So it's their task. <laughs> I'm my doing theory, my little I, job. I have a theory on it because I see how much you guys drink over there. I think you're drinking it all in Georgia and elsewhere. None of it's getting exported. <laughs> Right. And uh, talking about regions, yeah, I would actually like to offer more combo tours like uh, Georgia, Armenia, as you said, because it's also uh, an exciting destination. And, and if people come from far away, you're right. Yeah, that's uh, a great combo experience. So we already have everything in place uh, for that. Like, as I said, reliable partners and uh, we know to which places to take the people. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I would promote this as well slightly uh, with kind of with more uh, vigor <laughs> with more uh, yeah. kind of yeah for effort the, for the listeners when you add another country in and you make a combo of two countries or a third then you make a three there's plenty of data out there that proves that increases your conversions it doesn't necessarily increase your inquiries yeah. but it increases your conversions yeah. on your on your inquiries because people who are traveling a long distance if they see the opportunity to do uh, more than one destination simply without a lot of logistics they will grab that opportunity uh, for sure and, and it can have quite a dramatic right. effect on your con on your conversions of your inquiries uh, i mean 
I've only been to Georgia once in my life, but I went on to experience Georgia, but because I knew I could just jump into Armenia as my as as can as well. So that location makes it makes it very attractive. But then from an operator's perspective, you have to educate the clients because not everybody will know that. Not everybody will get the map out and, and look at it. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> okay, then. What, what's the last thing you want to leave our listeners with? What would you tell our listeners is a great thing about what you're doing and what you ask for help? So tell our listeners a great thing and then ask for help. <laughs> so yeah, that definitely the greatest thing that we are doing is uh, yeah getting people connected to those like uh, fantastic personalities behind uh, what they eat and drink and where they hike. So it's not only the destination uh, we are offering, but we are offering to get to know the locals and to spend time with them and to understand uh, how the yeah how the people uh, tick here, so to say. So it's very. A personal experience of the country uh, that's really the great thing and uh, yeah like uh, I can only complain about inability to do many things at the same time so if I'm concentrated on uh, social media then something else is suffering or yeah uh, or if I'm more thinking about like uh, yeah thinking like if I'm if I'm busy with office job then I don't manage to do everything like uh, social media wise so yeah I definitely need some more extra people on board and for this I need to sell my course so yeah that's the biggest uh, challenge at the moment <laughs> the biggest challenge for a community if you're listening Georgia is still open for business it is a fantastic destination yes I can for that I have been I've seen it I've ate the food I've drank the wine I've hiked in the mountains so it is a fantastic destination uh, so if at all you can drive some of your customers to that part of the world please do so, Daria, thank yes. you very much. <laughs> the mountains and vineyards are waiting. Yep. Thank you very much. <laughs>